Welcome, welcome to the itinerary. This is episode number eight, The Ocho. So glad you can join us on our journey to the blue, blue, very blue waters of Greece. We're heading to both Athens and Santorini for a five-day trip. I'm Jared Schwartz. I'm Melissa Schwartz. Hello, Melissa. Hello. <laughs> you guys have spoken. We put it on the poll last week at the itinerary podcast at gmail.com. That's the itinerary podcast at gmail.com. And some of you are interested in going to this place because you're planning a trip yourself this summer. And I was kind of surprised. The poll results are in, and it was 60% in favor of Greece. How about that? I think that's pretty amazing. And do you know how to say eight in Greek? I do not. Octo, which is very Ah! similar to our favorite octopus. That's right. Which we had a lot of in Greece. Eight legs, right? Eight legs, yes. Um, So, yeah. I mean, if you have a question or comment, uh, send it in to us, the itinerary podcast at gmail.com. We'll get to them. We got... Good response last week, uh, 60% on the poll, as I said. A uh, couple of questions came in on the Italy episode. A couple of questions and comments came in on last week's episode for Iceland. So happy to get back to you um, on that. But that's the place uh, to get in touch. What's the, what's the email address, Melissa? I think you should say it, Jared. The itinerary podcast at gmail.com. So it's so hard to remember. We travel a lot. Everyone asks, uh, where'd you go? How'd you get there? Where'd you stay? What'd you do? So we thought we'd take you through how we booked our flights, whether it's points, upgrades, cash. And then we'll go through where we stayed, what we ate, and all the activities that we did on this itinerary. Uh, Melissa, what if people want to listen to other episodes of the itinerary? Is that easy to do? It certainly is. That's right. If you want to go back and listen to episodes one through seven, very easy. Just search the itinerary on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Type in the itinerary, and then you have the first seven episodes to choose from. Last week, it was Iceland. Before that, Italy, Mexico, Ireland, Singapore, South Africa, and Argentina. And remember, if you want to get in touch, questions, comments, the itinerary podcast at gmail.com. So, this is episode eight. It is Greece, one night in Athens, four nights in Santorini. I'm ready to get all that octopus, grilled fish, spit-roasted meat, tzatziki, hummus, baklava. Whew! I'm hungry just talking about it. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go! So, Greece... If you didn't know, it's a country located in southern and southeast Europe, population of about 11 million, Athens, the nation's capital, and the largest city. That's where we're going to be heading first. Greece, it's considered the cradle of Western civilization, birthplace of democracy, Western philosophy, literature, and uh, a lot of other things like the Olympics, uh, political science, major scientific and mathematical principles. Uh, the Greek islands where vacationers usually gravitate towards. We, we gravitated towards there. We're we going to spend four nights in uh, Santorini. There's about 6,000 of the Greek islands, if you didn't know, but only 200 are inhabited. Crete is the largest. Mykonos is known as the party spot. And Santorini, I would say the most beautiful. And uh, romantic. Yeah. 
Um, so how did we get there? This was booked uh, with one of our favorite partners, Delta Airlines and Delta Sky Miles. This trip was taken uh, back in the summer of 2017. The redemption values have changed a bit from them. So at one point back then, uh, we exchanged 70,000 miles each way per person for business class, which is known as Delta One. So all in... For two people round trip, you're talking 280,000 miles. This was transferred from American Express using the one-to-one transfer ratio. The, tripper, the transfers happen pretty instantly, and there's very limited taxes and fees, as is the case with most U.S. carriers when traveling. Uh, so you're talking about 20 bucks or so. But yes, 280,000 miles is a lot, but uh, that was the cheapest amount you could get at that point at 70,000 per seat per one way. Now that's up to 86 if you can find it. Uh, it's very hard to find. Um, but it's a long flight, uh, about nine and a half hours there, 11 on the return. Uh, so a plane we're familiar with, uh, the A330-300 for Delta. It has that one-two-one seating layout in business, 242 in coach. Um, so nine and a half hours, That I feel like that's a good amount for you. It is. Because as an overnight flight, which this was, um, you get a chance to sleep, right? I did. Um, but I get I get a chance to have my meal and then go to sleep. So let's talk about the service a little bit. Because like people ask, like, what are you paying for? What are you using 280,000 miles for? Like, like, it has to be worth it, right? And I say, I mean, you may disagree with me. I say the number one thing is the lie flat seat. That's my number one. Okay. So I agree. I concur. I'm um, aligned. Yeah. And that's the most important. And the second thing is you have a really long flight. What are you going to do for that long? Like if you're in coach, you get a screen so you can watch movies and stuff anyways. But I think it's really the dinner service and the food service in general that they hype up a lot. And, you know, if you haven't flown in business internationally before and every airline's different, but, you know, the mainstays are pretty similar. They're just like variations on the theme and the quality goes up and goes down depending on what carrier you're on. But for Delta and most U.S. carriers, pretty much the same. So you go on and they offer you complimentary champagne. Obviously, it's complimentary because you're already paying for it anyway. So I don't even know if it's complimentary, but uh, you get the champagne before takeoff. It's open bar. It is open bar, yeah, depending on, on what they have. Um, after takeoff, probably 45 minutes into the flight, they come through for dinner service. And um, I'd be interested to get your take on it. What, like, do you, do you think it's worth it or not? So it starts off usually with um, a selection of appetizers, maybe two or three, uh, something like a salad, maybe like a... Um, shrimp cocktail or, or tuna appetizer, something like that, just to kind of wet your palate a little bit? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing it for the food. Um, I also get grossed out by fish and meat on airlines, regardless of what it is. So um, I, I'm not a vegetarian, but I always stick to the vegetarian option, which is just like pasta and some cream sauce. Um, which you usually wouldn't eat. Which I would never usually eat. Um, <laughs> Except a, in the air. I'm a big poultry or fish eater, typically. Now, um, do you have you had a bad experience before? Do you think the quality isn't good? Because what would you're usually a big 
you know, poultry fish girl. And then, but you shy away from that and you go to something, you know, pasta and cream sauce that you would never eat when you're home. It just seems safe to me. And like, it's within my comfort zone. The only food I've actually ever enjoyed on a flight was when we flew um, on Asiana. That was the best plain food I've ever had. And it was the only time I had plain food that I didn't feel like I was having plain food. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, when you... presentation, like... When you get those, you know, those international carriers that are known for their their service and their food, it, it outshines the U.S. carriers any day of the week, whether... Like Melissa mentioned, Asiana, whether it's an Emirates, a Singapore, a Qatar, those are probably, you know, the three top ones that are known not only for their seats, but for their service and their food as well. It's like a, it's a whole nother ball game, um, you know, but you're still going to eat well, you know, when you, you're on a Delta or United or something like that. It just may be not top, top quality. Yeah. when we, Like you're not going to go we, hungry. No, and when we sit and coach, I just won't eat the food. I'm, I just happen to be a very picky eater. Um, so, you know, two or three appetizers, then the main course. Uh, usually, you know, a beef, a chicken, a fish, and a vegetarian uh, option. And then the dessert cart. Big, big fan of the dessert cart when you it comes to your through. Sunday. I mean, you can't go wrong On with a make Monday your own Sunday. Or a Tuesday. <laughs> make your own Sunday is the best part of the dinner service, I think. What are we talking topping-wise? Chocolate, caramel, cherries, strawberries, whipped cream? Yeah, but it's like the strawberries in that sauce that's like all... They're not picking the strawberries fresh off the garden. I know that. Um, I but, mean, I like but fresh it's a st- fruit. It's a staple. Like, it they is. always have it. No matter what, Tried and true. no matter yeah. what the the appetizers or the entrees are, they always have that. Make your own Sunday. They do. Okay, so pretty long flight, nine and a half hours on the way there. Then uh, you do get some snacks in between, and you get you know breakfast service about an hour uh, before you land in Athens. So. Athens. Let's talk about this. Um, we did not hear pretty good really good things at all about Athens going into it. That's probably why we decided to spend one night there just to see it. Um, a lot of history, as I mentioned in the open about it. Um, but when people who had been there in the past, and it may have been, you know, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, they talked about how it was dirty, how there was a lot of crime. It's still dirty. Well, what were your initial thoughts? I was not a fan. I'm not a big history buff, though, so I kind of knew that I wasn't going to be a fan. Um, It was my second time in Greece, and the first time I did not go, so I felt like I would But specifically about it being dirty and having a lot of crime, did you see that? I didn't feel unsafe, so the crime, I... I, But yeah, it was dirty. Sometimes, though, if something is old, it kind of looks dirty, even if it isn't. And obviously, (laughs) Obviously it's it's an ancient city, so um, that also goes... I didn't get this. I didn't get the sense um, that it was as bad as people made it out to be. I thought it was kind of on par with a Rome. Um, if you've been there, you know, large city. Athens is smaller, I think, than Rome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's crowded. Uh, it's dirty. It's hot in the summertime. Um, I didn't see the crime personally. Yeah. So I was cool with that. Um, 
I don't know where these people are hanging out, though. Yeah. like, when we were in Argentina... Same thing, everyone right? Everyone was like, they're going to pull your arms off to take your jewelry. Like, that didn't happen to us. Knock on wood. Like, we keep surviving. Um, I don't know. Maybe we need to be, like, going down alleys to score drugs to really get that, eh, like... we'll pass on that. That uh, authentic experience. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, so, we did the almighty hop-on, hop-off bus tour in Athens. Probably landed... You know, at 10 a.m., go through customs, get to the hotel. We'll get to where we stayed in a minute. Um, so you're there by noontime. Uh, so you really have uh, six, seven hours before it gets dark for dinner to explore. So hop on, hop off, as I said in the past, is the easiest way to see a, a big city in a couple hours. Um, so on that tour, it was a, uh, probably a two-hour tour or so. Uh, you hit the Parthenon, Acropolis, Temple of Zeus, National Gardens, the original uh, Olympic Stadium. So uh, pretty good overview, as much history as I needed. Uh, we didn't get off at any stop. We didn't go uh, in the Parthenon or Acropolis or anything like that. But you drove right by it. You saw it. You took some pictures. You heard about it on the headphones. Good enough for me. Um, and then we, we did... We came, we saw, we athened. That's right. Um... So lunch, this was at Birak Taurus, if I'm saying that correct. So this was a authentic Greek place downtown, about uh, 10 minutes walking distance from the hotel. And it was known uh, because Andrew Zimmer, uh, TV personality chef, uh, said it was the top authentic Greek food you can have there. Um, and we got there. And, and who knows Greek food better than a Jew? That's right. <laughs> um, Greek salad, uh, gyro, gyro, as they call it. Wait, can we talk about the Greek salad? Sure. No lettuce. That's right. No lettuce. Tomatoes, cucumbers, feta. Onion. Onion. Olives. Yeah, I'm Done. fine with it. I was fine with it, but at first I was like, why didn't they give me lettuce? But like even in Greek salads at some of the Greek places in New York City, they That's don't do, true. they don't do lettuce. There's only one place I know of that doesn't do it. Right. Um, okay. So you were a little surprised, but really good. Uh, there is a lot of different types of feta cheese, though. Yes. Depending on the animal it's coming from, which I didn't know about. What's your favorite type of feta? I think goat. Okay. Which uh, makes sense because I love goat cheese. Mm-hmm. Crumbly, soft. Um. So the hotel that we stayed at, King George Hotel, I think there's probably only a couple, maybe three um, luxury options there. I think there's only two, and they're right next to each other. The other one is called Hotel Grand Bretagne, and they're both part of Marriott SPG Alliance. And I know you love the collection, so they're both luxury collections. That's right. So you, you use your Marriott Rewards card, Premier Rewards, is that what it's called? Yes. You use your card and you get six times the points. You do. And then um, they have a restaurant there, rooftop restaurant where we ate dinner, so you get the six times points there as well. Um, pretty good food, uh, lamb chops, uh, little octopus. Amazing. It's rooftop, so you have an amazing view of the Acropolis. Yeah, it's lit up at night, so yeah. really nice. And then right next door at the other hotel, you have that really cool rooftop bar at the Bertain. Yeah, they're they're not adjoining hotels, but they're right next to each other. Uh, I would say from the people that we spoke with, those are the two main places that people stay. Right in town, uh, the main square is right there outside your doorstep. 
as we mentioned, 10 minute walk uh, to get to lunch from there. We went into the gardens at one point, walked around there and over to the Olympic Stadium after the hop on hop off bus tour. Um, so everything's pretty walkable. Yeah. Um, but I definitely thought one night there was enough. I certainly agree. <laughs> um, okay, so... On to really the, the point of going there, Santorini. Um, we flew about an hour from Athens to Santorini on Aegean Airlines, which is their main carrier. Um, all coach class A320... Uh, 3-3 on the seat layout, just like really any domestic carrier that you fly in Europe. Uh, they're really all coach class. They're pretty cheap on the fares. I want to say maybe a couple hundred bucks, um, probably cheaper than that. And so we get there, um, and we had a driver pick us up from the airport, and it's about a 20-minute drive to the town of Ia which is at the northern tip of the island. And th- this is the place, Ia, is where you see all the, all the Santorini postcards or any Greek island postcard. They put Santorini's picture on there. And it's the all-white buildings. It's the dark, dark blue water. Um, just a really amazing place when you're taking that drive and you finally get there. And it's at the top of the hill. Um, the views are incredible. The architecture is awesome. Um, I know you went there once before and you you regretted it because you didn't stay in Ia. Um, what were your thoughts about it? How hyped were you? And, and how did it live up to your expectations? I loved Ia. Um, and it... I mean, I don't know if the first time I was in Santorini, it was with a girlfriend of mine, and this time I was at the time with my fiancé, but, like, it was a completely different experience, and he is awesome, and anytime someone says they're going to Santorini, I say, don't stay anywhere else but in Ia, because you'll regret it. Yeah, and, like, it's cool when you when you get up there, and our hotel, which we'll talk about in a second, um, was a two-minute walk from where they dropped you off on the top of the hill, the just the views were incredible you like every hotel it seems like has an infinity pool and they have the light blue waters there and the contrast with the deep blue waters um of the sea and the caldera right below is uh is amazing um you look like you're like it looks like you're in a postcard yeah it does like any picture you take is gonna be awesome um you know they're known for their architecture there they're known for the the color of the water and they're known for their sunsets and those are the three main things that you know makes worth spending four nights there worth it because like you want to get up and just hang out and see the place and do it all over again and if you want a relaxing trip um i know it's a little far for for a lot of people but it's a great place to go um it's more manageable i think than you know, we, one of our other choices was Bora Bora, which we'll get into, you know, an episode down the line of Bora Bora. Um, but Santorini's a little easier to get to, a lot more options, um, especially from the East Coast, whether you're flying from New York, uh, D.C., Miami, um, they Atlanta, they all have direct flights out there. Um, so let's talk about... It's funny that you say it's more manageable, though, because I hear people all the time, and I was actually just speaking to a girl at work, and she was planning her honeymoon, 
and she was speaking about Italy, but I feel like Italy and Greece are, are pretty similar. And she was getting very overwhelmed. And she's like, maybe I'll just do Hawaii. And Hawaii is actually a longer flight than going to Italy. But I think people get really hung up on the fact of going international, that it's like much harder. And so I specifically said to this girl, I said, you know, when you say Hawaii, like, are you just going to go to one island or are you going to island hop? And she said, I'm going to island hop. So in my mind, it's the same thing as going to Italy. And I think people just need to be a little bit more adventurous and like get out of their own way and doing something that like is outside of your comfort zone isn't a bad thing maybe you should tell her to listen to episode six of the itinerary podcast which is italy i I already did that okay um senor (laughs) but I, I don't think it's a her thing. I think it's a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, I think people get hung up. I think the language barrier is one thing that people kind of get freaked out. Um, when you, whether it's when you're trying to make reservations or, you know, just booking things in general. Some stuff get does get lost in translation, which can make it tough. And sure, um, if you, you know, if you went to California, if you went to Hawaii, probably be easier, yes, um, because it's you know, in the United States, but yeah, why from the East coast, a 10 hour flight, um, and you have to connect and, you know, get into Greece, uh, nine and a half hours to Athens and then a one hour hop over to Santorini. Um, so one of the main reasons that we decided to go there was the hotel. Um, so we stayed at Katiki's and, uh, it's a leading hotel of the world. In that, in that category. What does that mean, Leading Hotel of the World? Leading Hotel of the World is an organization. Um, and so they have, like, a very specific accrediting process. Um, I don't actually know the specifics. I just know that there's a lot of shit out there. And when I'm going to a place, the first place I go is lhw.com. I type in my destination. And I look at the hotels in their network. And then I find the best-priced one. Yeah, um, all the hotels there are boutique-y in feel. They're small, um, just that's the place. Like, there's no high-rises at all. Um, there's really no chains, uh, what you would find in other places. So it's unique in that in that regard. The best you're going to do as far as chains is, like, how uh, Marriott and Starwood now have those collections. Right. Um, I know that under there, there's a Mystique Hotel, which is beautiful, but it's not as... Um, the area that it's in, although it's still in Ia, it's not as close to everything in proximity as where we stayed. So, Katiki's, uh, three restaurants, a champagne bar restaurant, McRossia, and the pool bar. Those are the three spots that you can eat there. Um, three infinity pools, as well as a spa. And as I mentioned, you get you know straight-on views of the Caldera and the Azores Sea. And those shades of blue, like you could look at those all afternoon and not and not get bored. They're awesome. Um, I mean, the majority uh, of the time we were hanging at the pool, and we'll get into some activities as well that we did in the four days there. But um, what did you think of the property and the rooms there? So I thought the property was great. Um, I have always made a hotel wish list of places I wanted to go. And I shared that list with my friend Beth, who I mentioned on the Tulum episode. So coincidentally, her and her now husband wound up staying at Katiki's while we were there at the same time. And I think that they upgraded our room. Um, So I actually really liked our room. I thought spatially it made sense. Their room didn't make as much sense and they didn't get any 
deals. So, and it was, we went over Labor Day weekend. So I think they were paying a lot of money a night. Um, so I, I will say that not all the rooms are designed as well as they they're, should be. They're quirky. Like they're unique. Like the hotel is built on a hill. Um, they're just not going to be the same. Yeah, and I think that, like, the bathroom was in the middle of their room, and so maybe that's where, like, they had, like, a jack to put a toilet. Like, who, <laughs> who knows? Um, I will say that the hotel is absolutely beautiful. I came across an article in September from Money Magazine, and the headline was the $29,000 secret that makes this Greek hotel so Instagrammable. And as soon as I read that headline, I knew it was about Katiki's, and it's about how they paint the hotel every single really every single day and it costs $29,000 a year now I know that that headline is like supposed to make you think that that's like crazy expensive but it winds up being $2,400 a month and I really think that it just means that you have to spend money to make money but did the hotel look that much whiter than all the other places that were there like did you notice a difference I noticed you're talking about the white paint, right? I mean, I'm like a like a neat freak. It's all like about the white I, paint. I noticed that it looked the way I thought it should look. Um, but who's to say that everyone else isn't painting it every single day? And this was the only hotel that got an article written about it. But I think what I'm trying to say is, is that they're saying that this is insane, that they're paying $29,000 a year. And I'm like, no, actually, when you're charging $2,000 a night per room, yeah, Pay $2,400 a month in paint. Yeah, it's not the most economical place to stay, but but it's awesome uh, either way. So we're at the pool, and we actually met a couple that went to Syracuse as well. Um, We went to Syracuse. Oh, sorry. Didn't didn't know each other. Yeah, we went to Syracuse, but we're just hanging at the pool, and Melissa has, you know, her friend there um, who overlapped like two days, and then we're just like talking to people in the pool and this couple happened to, they were on their honeymoon and they both went to Syracuse as well. And they lived like eight streets away from us. Girl was, was in my sorority. So random. Yeah. But like when you go to these. I was a lot older than her though. We always have these discussions. Like when you go to these places around the world and then you meet people who live like two minutes away from you. It's so strange. And like who have that common uh, like Syracuse connection. They yeah. both went there. And uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. Like, you get to know new people that way. Um, and let's see. So activity-wise, like, besides just uh, being at the pool and taking pictures of the sea, um, I thought one of the best things we did was the Caldera Yachting, which was a day trip. Um, I be- you arranged it. I arranged it through the hotel. Um, I actually know a girl that's from Greece and she told me that I could like go to a Moody Bay and just bargain with people, but I didn't really feel comfortable no. doing that. Um, like let's prearrange it. Let's have somebody pick us up, go to the boat, spend the day on the boat. Correct. And it was awesome. Like, um, it's more of a sailboat than when you think of a yacht. Um, it was motorized, I believe. Um, but it there's, was. there's a little cabin, uh, they have a captain who is also a chef and then they had, um, two other people on deck helping out as well. So, um, he grilled up lunch, which was awesome, uh, grilled fish and meats and that kind of stuff. And then beer and wine as well. 
and took you just like all all around the peninsula out there and came up on some interesting beaches that that we saw yeah there's a lot of volcanic activity happening around there so they have a white beach which doesn't need an explanation and then they have black and red beaches which pretty cool is because of the volcanic activity yeah the sand appears to be black in some cases and red (laughs) in others and then so that was an all-day thing. Uh, we went snorkeling also, jumped in the water, did a little snorkeling as well off the boat, which was cool. Um, they take you to some sandbar areas where other boats um, you know, congregate a little bit, and then you, you go on your way. Um, all in all, probably an eight-hour day, I would say. Um, it's about an hour drive to get down to where the boat takes you, um, and then another hour drive back, so you're probably out for six hours totally worth it. I thought it was awesome Um, and a good time. I mean, we don't normally travel with couples. This was just very serendipitous that we were overlapping at the same place at the same time. And I kind of thought it was awesome because chartering a boat, just you and I, it's cost prohibitive. Um, But, you know, with with another couple, it, I'm not going to say it was affordable, but it was definitely doable. Right. Uh, One thing we didn't do was the wineries there. Um, they're known, Santorini's known for wineries. We just didn't really see or hear many good things about them. And when we actually saw them, uh, it didn't look like the best vegetation. So um, I wasn't really missing out on it. I know you're a big winery person. Um, I'm a big winery person because I love a beautiful winery. And I just didn't think that those looked beautiful. So I was happy just to order some rosé back at the hotel. <laughs> okay. Um Let's talk about the fish pedicure for a second. Oh, yes. This was so interesting. And, like, can you explain to somebody who's never heard of a fish pedicure what I, – I think they probably have seen pictures, but, like, what is it? So I need to look up the actual fish, um, but they eat away at your calluses. Like, you just stick your feet in there and they go to town. Correct. And it's about 10 minutes, I would say. Yes. Um – now, having gotten a regular pedicure before, I wouldn't say it's nearly as good. Um, it, it's definitely of a sh- it's a it's a show. Um, you want that picture of your, of your feet getting attacked by these little minnows or whatever they are. Um, they gnaw at you, but like when you come out, your, your feet aren't smooth. Like they just get get rid of some of the dead skin. I would say. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of articles about how it's unsanitary, which it probably is because they don't change the water. Did I just reveal I had a pedicure before? You, you I wasn't supposed to do that, that but had multiple a real a real man's man. That's right. Real uh. men get pedicures. <laughs> um, let's talk about the sunset for a second um, before we get into the food, which I know is a big thing and. We've been waiting to talk about octopus and fish and all that stuff. Um, but Ia, how it's constructed, our hotel is kind of on one side. And then you have the main strip with all the shops, probably about a 20-minute walk um, east to west. And then you get to the other side, and that's really the tip of the northern part of Santorini. And that's where your ultimate Greek sunset takes place. Um we did that two nights, I believe. Um, got some awesome pictures. And just standing there and, and watching it, it's unobstructed. Um, just the, the colors of the water and when the sun goes down, how it, it just fades away, it, it's pretty amazing. 
And I think that obviously people are behind their phones taking pictures, but it's weird in, in like this day and age to see so many people outside admiring something that nature has provided. Well, which... I, I did it like one night with the camera and one night without. Yeah. Like I made it a point to get the pictures that I wanted. We actually blew one up uh, on canvas with the Greek flag in the foreground, which is really amazing. And the sunlight reflecting off the water uh, right before it went down. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was important to to make it a point for one of those nights to not take out my phone. I know it's probably a little harder for you to do that. Um, that's okay. But just to... He's taking a, a jab at me, not you guys. Oh, it's totally a jab at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know who uses their phone more than others of our listeners out there. But just to make it a point to to kind of take it all in. And I think you you really appreciate it more that way. Like you want to have the pictures to go back to, yes. Um, but you just kind of... Yeah, live in the moment. And... It was a great thing. Um, I guess while we're on that side of town, let's just talk about the restaurant that's at the bottom of that hill um, in a Moody Bay, which you which you mentioned. Yeah. So you we basically walked to a Moody Bay to catch the sunset, and we had dinner at Katina's. Um, amazing fish. They just take whatever they get from the sea that day. I, I um, thought it was the best meal we had there. Definitely, hundred percent. So, yeah, they take it every day, whatever they catch. That's what's on the menu. Um, we specifically went there for, for the fish and the octopus. A- octopus was an appetizer. Huge leg, like massive. Um, just a little olive oil, garlic right on the grill. Um, perfectly cooked, tender, and a huge portion. So we got that for an app. And then you go inside, and they have a case of fish, whatever they caught that day. And you order a whole fish. Like, you can't get a filet. Like, you have to order the whole fish. And these fish are huge. So we were four of us at dinner, um, and I believe one fish fed us all. Yep. Um, yeah, they were massive. Uh, I want to say red snapper, but I'm not positive on that one. It was, it was really good. Um, I just want to go back a second how we got there. Um, so I didn't know, like, what the walk was going to be because everybody said – yeah, you can't drive there. You have to walk. It was literally like 70 rounds of stairs to, and these are not like your typical stairs. These are uneven bricks, uneven land. And there's donkey crap all over the place. Like the only way besides walking that you can get down and get up is if you go on the back of a donkey. So there's like 50 donkeys. They're all shitting all over the place. And not only do you have to navigate these uneven bricks, you have to s- sidestep all this crap that's, Liter- that's on the floor. Crap. And it smelt like shit because it is shit. It, it was just not a pleasant walk after seeing that sunset. Well, it's kind of weird because it's like before you see the sunset, you have a goal. So you're like you kind of have tunnel vision so you're not even like realizing what's going on and then as soon as the sun sets you're like i'm fucking done and then it's like everything it's like a monet everything becomes visible it's like there's shit all over the place (laughs) this like all of a sudden you're like falling down because the stairs aren't even but the stairs were never even and then you're just really hungry yeah so (laughs) you had to walk or take a donkey um 
and then I believe we took a car back, but yeah. it but it went a different way, which you you couldn't go to get there or something. So um, we walked about ten minutes to to get a taxi, and then took a taxi back. But if I had to walk up that hill in that donkey crap, well, it was also pitch black by the time we, we yeah, there's no lights. Yeah, you couldn't. I mean, even if it was light, there was all this shit all over the place. But the food was great. The food was awesome. <laughs> it was the best meal we had. So, I mean, was the walk worth it? Sure. Yeah, in retrospect, it was worth it. Maybe not not at the time. Yeah. Um, just bring some air freshener with yeah. you <laughs> if you're planning on going. Um, yeah, as we mentioned, the other dinners probably didn't live up to that. Um, Ambrosia in town, one of the nights we went to, that, w- that was kind of one of the it restaurants there. Yeah, you- everyone writes about Ambrosia. I hated it. Yeah, I, I thought the service, the bar was cool. They had cool drinks, but besides that, uh, the service was awful. The portions were small, and I didn't think the fish was cooked well. No. So that was a flop. Um, there was also a good Italian restaurant, so we heard, in town as well. We didn't go there. We decided on Ambrosia. Maybe if we go back, we'll, we'll go Italian next time. Um, and then we really just ate at the hotel. Yeah. Um, so two dinners there. At their two hotels, one was a tasting menu, I think. Yeah. And one was not, but um, I don't. I wouldn't say stay at that hotel for the food. Katiki's, no. uh, you're staying there for the views. No, but you're close enough on the strip that you can just walk next door to a really good dinner that's half the price. Yeah, I mean, one day for lunch, I had one of the best gyros or gyros that. I've ever had, and that was for like a, three euros. Yeah, really cheap at Pito Giro's. Um, that was about a five minute walk down the road, and I'm sure there were a ton of restaurants we could have gone to. Um, I think just going out for two nights and you know just kind of being tired from the all day. Well, the first night we got trip. there, it was late, so we just ate at, at the rest at the hotel's restaurant because it was convenient. And then we had heard really good things about the tasting menu. Um, I just didn't think it was worth it from a money perspective. No, I, I agree with you as well. Um, but overall, great fish, great Greek salad, octopus, um, lamb chops. I think those were the food highlights, yeah. I would say. And, you know, there's so many Greek restaurants in America or Mediterranean food. It's interesting to see, like, how the real deal would, would live up. Um, I thought the fish was the standout, whether yeah. it was the octopus, you know, or the grilled whole fish. Uh, that was great, and yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. I mean, overall, I thought four nights was good there. Sometimes four nights could be a little long in some places, um, but I just thought like the views were so amazing. And if you want a relaxing vacation, a relaxing trip after traveling so long, it's a good spot to go to. You don't really have to move much. Um, everything's in walking distance once you're there. Um, and Katiki's was a great hotel. Yeah, Katiki's was beautiful. Wouldn't have to go back to Athens. One one night was enough. Um, but, like, overall, how would you rate it for, I mean, you've been to other Greek islands. You've been to, I've you been know, to other... Mykonos. The only other place I, I've been to was Mykonos. Okay, and that's drastically different. That's a party scene. Yeah, I mean, it's what you make of it. Like, I've never, like, been a big partier. Um, it's it's definitely more single-friendly. You mean curled up on the couch with a good book isn't partying? Why are you telling Who me knew? secrets? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, but you've been to other like you know European vacation destinations like islands and stuff, mm-hmm. whether it's off the coast of Italy or Spain or and stuff like that. I, I thought this was great. If uh, if you want to go party, this is not your scene. Uh, this is relaxing. This is romantic. Um, this is a good spot to get away to. Um, and I had a great time. I would highly recommend uh, Santorini and, you know, Greece overall. Just don't spend too much time in Athens. That, that's it. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it uh, for the episode. Remember, if you want to get in touch, the itinerary podcast at gmail.com. What is it? The itinerary podcast at gmail.com. You can download previous episodes on Apple, Apple Podcast and Spotify and Google Podcast. Um, all you have to do, iTunes as well, is type in the itinerary. Last week was Iceland. Before that was Italy. We had Singapore in there, Mexico, Argentina, South Africa. And now you have Greece. What else could you ask for? Switzerland. Switzerland is coming next week. We're heading to Switzerland this weekend. We and will we're have... flying coach. Ugh. Are we? Or are we getting upgraded? Stop. That's called a tease. Don't toy with You'll me. have to tune in to next week's episode where we'll be talking about our trip to Switzerland. And I uh, hope you enjoyed it. So this has been episode eight. We're on number ocho of the Octo. IT- Octo, yes. Octopus. Gotta keep with your countries, Jared. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.